Welcome, everybody, to Season 4, Episode 10 of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye, back at it again. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Presented by Anchor Podcasts and now available on YouTube and every uh, Tuesday afternoon on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Network. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever it is that you're listening and leave a review to help others find the show. A quick reminder where you can find the show on social media on Twitter at Tapouts and TDs at Facebook.com slash Tapouts and Touchdowns and the email to the show Tapouts and Touchdowns at gmail.com. Once again, no YouTube URL uh, for the YouTube channel as of yet. So make sure you search for Tapouts and Touchdowns on YouTube. Like and subscribe to help others find the show. And once we get to 100 subscribers, we'll be able to share that unique website url with all of you uh so it's been a couple weeks i feel like we needed some time to wind down from what was an amazing wrestlemania weekend at least this host feels that way let's find out if the co-host of tap outs and touchdowns wrestling shows feels that way welcome everybody back to the show uh pj steven pj how you doing today bud Ah, I'm feeling good. Not too bad. I usually have a beer, but today I'm drinking water out of a very large Last Jedi cup that I got from the movie theater. But I do have, a, I say a small beer, but it's a big beer. Big beer here. I'm feeling pretty good to argue with you. Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to be on the same page, man. WrestleMania was really fun. Again, um, we almost recorded this the next night right after WrestleMania, but... Yeah, well, you need a time to digest and to, you know, really form our opinions instead of just throwing out stars willy-nilly. We don't do that. So, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to get into this WrestleMania. A lot of things have happened since this WrestleMania, too, that puts a lot of things in perspective. So I think it's going to be uh, really, really cool to get into it, man. going to be really good stuff. I agree. And so with that being said, we'll hop into the opening bell. Uh, PJ, remind us, of, first of all, this is WrestleMania night one. Uh, from AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. Do you have the, uh, the attendance stats uh, on, on record by chance on you? Yeah, so the biggest thing with this WrestleMania was, that was fun, it was the tagline, the most stupendous two-night event in WrestleMania history. Stupendous. Super fun there. Uh, yeah, this took place on April 2nd, guys, uh, at the AT&T Stadium, Stadium in Arlington, Texas. We had a couple of people that were there uh, in our little group. I got a big shout-out to Andre Singleton Jr., who was there. Big fan of that guy. I love that dude. Night one, the attendance, supposedly, attendance uh, was 77,899. Uh, that's what they say on the record. Um, yeah, your biggest main events that we have here, of course, night one is we're looking at Kevin Owens doing the interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And the night uh, main event of night two that we'll probably get to next week is obviously the big event that everyone's talking about. It's the thing that's on the poster. It's unifying the two most important titles in WWE at this moment. It's Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, and that's what's uh, the cover of the poster. Um, yeah, a lot of storylines booking into this, and I know that we kind of talked about the storylines in a past episode, <clears throat> but I will say that WWE, while they didn't do a great job of hyping the storylines, well, let's back up. While they didn't do a good job, in my opinion, of getting us to the storylines, during the event, 
they actually hyped him up pretty well. And I think that's what the pre-show is for, honestly. Like that that two that two hour pre-show, just watch that if you haven't watched wrestling in a fucking year, and they'll tell you everything you need to know leading up to WrestleMania. So I gotta just say then that they did a good job doing that. But I think we're gonna get right into it, guys. This is gonna be yeah stupendous the the format's going to be a little different uh we'll go through the card real quick and then we'll take a short break before we get into break it down uh night one card you start started off with the smackdown tag team championships from online rick boogs and nakamura taking on the usos uh, followed by drew mcintyre against happy corbin the mysterios taking on miz and logan paul the raw women's championship bianca belair versus becky lynch uh, Seth Rollins versus a mystery opponent. We will get to and break it down. Followed by the SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey taking on Charlotte Flair. And then the show ends with the Kevin Owens show. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into break it down. We're going to break down the card. And this week's main event, we are just going to talk about the main event of the show, which was the Kevin Owens show featuring Stone Cold Steve Austin. So stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on tap outs and touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Welcome to this week's Break It Down, where we are discussing the night one card of WrestleMania 2022. Uh, as I mentioned in the opening bell, the card starts off with the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the Usos, the uh, probably one of the longest reigning tag team champions we've seen in quite some time, taking on the challengers, the, uh, the team of Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick. Ooh. And uh, they were they were decked out. I saw somebody in the, in, in one of our, our groups uh, talk about how Boogs and Nakamura were basically a walking billboard for uh, Arnold Palmer or something along those lines. Um, yeah, it was some sort of twisted T thing. Yeah. I think, you know what? You know, Lauren, my wonderful wife, she pointed out super quick. She was like, oh, look, it's like they're in Pikachu attire. And I was like, good fucking call, babe. That's awesome. And then all of a sudden, it was like, repping the Twisted Team extra. And I'm like, oh, man, you've ruined it. Listen, listen, they're not the first ones to do it. Macho Man Randy Savage is still on, on covers of, of Slim Jim. Uh, and he would come out uh, at certain events with the Slim Jim attire. Uh, so they're not the first ones to do it. I didn't understand the criticism they took from it because it's not the first time it's happened. Um, this match went really well for the short match that it was. Uh, we would unfortunately see Rick Boogs go down with a quad injury that may have actually affected the outcome of the match. Uh, he had one of the Usos over his head. The other one would try to jump on his shoulders and sort of like a fireman's carry. And you see Rick Boog's leg give out and crawl to the ring, uh, crawl to the, the corner, tag in Nakamura. And, you know, sooner rather than later, we would get to the finish uh, where you see the 1D is what they're calling it now. Uh, the, the one and done, the 3D, the deadly death drop, whatever you want to is call that what, it. Is that what it stands for? The one and done? Is yep. that what it stands for? That's, exactly that's, a, that's clever. For. That's clever. Yeah. Because when he said, like, the 1D, I was like, that's really stupid. Yeah. But it's, it's bad, because bad ending, but here's, you're the one, one and done. I, I get that. Yeah. Here's, the, here's the, the thing that I've got behind it because everybody started kicking out of the double super kicks and the double splashes. 
They've had to come up with a finisher that they can protect now, which is the one D, the one and done, because it only takes one D to put you down. So uh, nevertheless, uh, talk, talk, talk to my ex-wife or ex-girlfriend. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> one D, put you yeah. down. Yeah, well, it's uh, better than the fucking su- uh, super kicks. I'll tell you that. No, I agree. But like I said, uh, Rick Booze goes down and it may, it may just have affected the outcome of the match because instead of new tag team champions, the Usos retain with the 1D. After the match, you see them carrying out Rick Boogs, and he would re- later reveal that his quad completely ripped uh, from the bone. Like it's a, he, he had successful surgery the week after WrestleMania, but uh, sort of a long-term recovery uh, coming uh, ahead of Rick Boogs, which is really unfortunate because I've talked many times on the show that Rick Boogs had my favorite gimmick. Um, and not to mention... He got Pat McAfee hyped up every time he came out with that guitar. McAfee was on the table. So what is McAfee going to do to get excited now? PJ, how'd you feel about this match? Uh, you know, go a little bit into how, how you feel about Rick Boogs and his injury. So uh, really unfortunate, man. And even in the, in the comments, <clears throat> comment section of our page that we were on, I said, God, what a, what a fucking letdown, man. Cause this match could have been something really, really good, and it just didn't. It wasn't able to get there. Shit happens in the ring, as Bruce Pitchard or JBL would say. You know, it ain't ballet. Um, yeah, unfortunate. Also, I was hoping to not see Nakamura uh, and Rick Boos get the win over the U. So, but you know, I mean, like the more you talk about, um, the more we talk about what could have happened. I really don't think the Usos were losing anyway. Honestly, uh, as much as I would like to say that they were, but I don't think they were. But, you know, we're moving into the direction of unifying titles, it seems like, uh, with uh, the Usos going after RK Bro. So, yeah, I I would have loved to see uh, Nakamura and Boogs go over. It's a shame with Boogs, but, you know, he'll bounce back, man. You know, how many times has uh, Nash torn his quad and somehow he's bounced back to do an elbow drop every now and again? Let me ask you a question with with the the quiet release or the quiet contract expiration of cesaro do you think wwe before this injury was building rick boogs to be the next cesaro because he would do the vertical suplex where he'd get down on one knee almost a la a squat to pick him back up and hit i mean you kind of get that you know idea that maybe they wanted rick boogs to be the next cesaro i do not see that however i could see how someone could see that but i i that never came across to me no um that being said terrific athlete and all around great wrestler really unfortunate to see him go down uh i love me some rick boogs uh hopefully he recovers quicker than uh than others have have with this injury in the past we saw the big triple h return uh the year after he had his quad injury that saw him finish a match where Chris Jericho would put him in the walls of Jericho after he tore his quad uh, on an announce table. So speedy recovery for Rick Boogs. Can't wait to see him back on TV. We did forget to mention the show started off with America the Beautiful by a country singer that was not all that good. Um, And then a Mark Wahlberg promo to kick off the show. And then you also get a kickoff before this tag team match with some Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, which was nice to see. Um, but we, we totally glossed over the entrance of the show. Um, a really fun promo by Mark Wahlberg, but, but I digress. Let's move right along here. The next match on the card is your favorite wrestler, uh, Happy Corbin, taking on Drew McIntyre uh, in what is hopefully the last match in this feud. 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. McIntyre gets the win the Friday before this night, the night before this, the show, uh, we saw the Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal take place on SmackDown and PJ's, uh, next favorite wrestler actually won the Andre, the giant <laughs> Memorial battle Royal in madcap Moss. Uh, Drew McIntyre gets the win here. I gave this match a star and a half. Uh, but we're obviously leading to the breakup that we would see the following week on SmackDown between Corbin and Madcap Moss. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I'll just go through my notes real quick. I feel like I've seen this match a million times already. Um, I'm hoping this match can sort of lead Drew going back for a, a championship. Uh, maybe Corbin gets a shot at the Intercontinental title for the effort he's put in. Uh, just still not that big of a fan of his in-ring work as far as actual stuff that he does in the ring. Um, love that Drew was the first one to kick out of the end of days. The end of days has probably been the most protected finish outside of the RKO in WWE. And Drew McIntyre was the first one to kick out of it. And that was, a, it was made to be a big deal. Um, and it helped to lead to the end of this match. Uh, man, there was a spot at the end of this match where uh, <laughs> Drew McIntyre would quote unquote, cut the ropes with his giant sword you could see in the slow motion the sword bend like rubber when it hits the apron. We saw on SmackDown or whenever we saw McIntyre last, he's still carrying around that stupid sword. Uh, again, I gave this match a star and a half. PJ, what do you have to say about this uh, Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin match? Uh, not much more than what you've just said. Uh, I, I Look, big fan of Drew McIntyre. Hated this feud. It made no sense to me. Um, happy, you know, I'm just going to say Corbin, Corbin, you know, decent talent. I uh, hate this gimmick, mad cat Moss, get the fuck out of the ring. You don't belong there. Um, yeah, nothing much more to say. Well, uh, yeah. So with that being said, let's move right, right along here. Uh, the next match on the card, we get the first celebrity match at WrestleMania, Logan Paul, uh, with some decent get up here. I, you know, I'm the one that always talks about gear on the show. Had some nice little gear with a Pokemon card hanging around his neck. Uh, one of the most rare Pokemon cards in the world. Teaming up with The Miz to take on the Mysterios. PGA, I gave this match three stars, but I'm going to let you start us off here because I think, I think I started this off with the last two. How do you feel about this match between the Mysterios and Logan Paul and Miz? Okay, let's talk for a second. Uh, how many times on this show have we stated, you know, I won't just say me, but we've stated our just pure hate of Logan Paul? Oh, I mean, it's, 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 it's well-documented whenever we've talked about him fe being featured on Monday Night Raw or uh, a pay-per-view, whatever the case is. It's been very well-documented that we're not fans of, of the Paul brothers. I got to say, he didn't do that bad in this match. <sighs> yeah. Come on. The I mean, you, I hate to admit it, too, but the power slam was good. He was selling. There were a few little green spots, like him trying to get out of the ring and like getting caught up by the ropes. Uh, I mean, Stone Cold gets caught up by the ropes. Um, it, it, yeah, I hate to admit, you know, you got to give the devil his due, man. Um, he didn't I'll, do that bad. I'll read my notes verbatim. Logan Paul, I hate to admit, doesn't look terrible. But mm. like Bad Bunny, I'd rather see him sell someone else's offense more so than hitting his own power slam and his own three amigos and then do, and he does a spot where he's basically mocking Eddie Guerrero with the three amigos. He goes to the top rope, does a little Eddie shimmy and then hits the frog splash. He should have never hit the move. Well, hold on, hold on. 
Hold on. So you hated that, right? He's doing his job. I know where you're going with it. I know where you're going. You with know it. what? You know what? I'm yeah. gonna hit you with. And I, I, I'm not saying like that one. Let's be real. Logan Paul didn't wake up in the morning and go like, "Hey, bro, I don't know how to. I can't do a Logan Paul impression." But like, hey, bro, like, what if I did the Three Amigos and I did the thing and did the frog splash? Probably Vince was like, "We're gonna make you." Heated. They're gonna hate you out there. You're gonna do the Eddie Guerrero duplexes, and you're gonna go up there and shake your titties and jump off the turnbuckle and do the frog splash. You know, I mean, like oh, he's doing no. it. Yeah, the titties. Um, you know, I gotta say too, Dominant looked great. He looked great out there. I mentioned the first job. note the that match- I took. It was that Dominic has come a long way in a short time. He looked really good in this match. The match was really good. I agree. Um, still hate Logan Paul. I love Miz giving uh, Logan Paul the skull crushing for that. What I didn't love was Logan Paul not selling it. He got right back up. Um, he was smiling while he took it. Like, let's be yeah, clear. Yeah, he was He was like, oh, this is really happening. You know, I mean, fuck Logan Paul. This match is really, really good, though. Uh, I did enjoy it. I uh, the, what, the other two things I wanted to say, about this match was that Rey Mysterio was still the smoothest cruiserweight on the planet and that I could not believe they let Logan Paul and Miz go over the Mysterios. Um, and maybe the last time we seen the Mysterios in a tag team at WrestleMania, uh, Rey Mysterio takes the pin from Miz. And then as PJ mentioned, I guess it was in Logan's contract that he would be faced by the end of his time. And so the Miz turns on Logan Paul and hits the skull-crushing finale on a smiling Logan Paul uh, to an abundance of cheers by the Dallas crowd. Backfired trying to turn Logan Paul face because everybody loved him getting smashed on his face. They also had Jake on the pre-show. I can honestly say I dislike Jake a lot more than I dislike Logan. I hope Jake Paul never winds up on WWE TV again. Um, I will make sure that if I ever do see him, I will switch the channel and make sure not to turn back until that show is over with. I have no interest in seeing Jake Paul on my television screen. Uh, so what they're going what they're going to do then is you're going to you're going to they're going to have Logan Paul and Jake Paul as a tag team and they're going to yeah, that's what's going to happen. I understand, gonna, yeah. 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 And they're going to defeat everyone and grab the titles and they're going to raise them up. That they're going to be- defeat they're gonna do, they're gonna actually call out at the next Saudi Arabia show. Logan Paul and Jake Paul are gonna call out the Undertaker and Kane, and then the Paul brothers are gonna are gonna squash them. Yeah. That's first of all, that's not gonna happen. Second of all, if it did, never would, say never, buddy. I'm just telling you. WWE. I'm just telling you right now. I would legitimately refuse to watch that show. And I may refuse to watch WWE for, for quite some time after that. I mean, I'll be honest. Oh, man. Even what if you, the show. What are, you, what are you, an AEW guy? No, it's, it's just Jake Paul and Logan Paul have no business on, on pro wrestling. If they no, showed I, up, I, I agree. If they showed up on AEW and did the same thing and went for the AEW tag titles, I'd stop watching AEW. Like, that's just the way it is. No, I want him to show up in New Japan, and I can't. I can't go any further. Uh, yeah. No, I was just kidding. Uh, you know what? Uh, we have to talk about something real quick. But have we talked about the fact that we were in that we went to AEW? And we talked. We Columbia? talked about. We talked about going to the AEW show. We haven't actually talked about 
the show on the podcast. Quick, quick, quick sidetrack. Quick sidetrack. We're going to get right back into it, ladies and gentlemen, because the next time we talk about WrestleMania is going to be the uh, Raw Women's Championship match between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. But two seconds. Just want to do this little sidetrack here. Not only did we get to see Tony Storm uh, debut, which was fantastic, we got to see, in my opinion, um, the quick rise of Mr. Wheeler Yuta, who was from Conway, South Carolina, right here. He had a hell of a fucking match. And just tremendous stuff. Great, great stuff. Didn't he? He took on Brian Danielson, right? He worked. He worked. He was the. He was the opening match of the AEW Dynamite in Columbia, South Carolina. I was not aware. Yeah, we were not aware that Yuta was was. I think he's billed out of another state, but uh, the uh, there's a longtime wrestling writer from the Charleston uh, Post and Courier named Mike Mooneyham, who uh, actually posted to Facebook that. Uh, Wheeler Yuta is from Conway. He went to, I, I can't think of the school's name, obviously, again. I wanted to say Spring Valley, but that's in the Columbia area. Um, but he went to he went to high school and graduated from a high school uh, in the Myrtle Beach area. And what a match it was, too. It was, what a great show it was. Outside of, again, if we're sidetracking, we're going to go ahead and sidetrack all the way off. Outside of you getting uh, getting in, in the accident where uh, another person um, hit you on the way to your show, and yeah. if it wasn't yeah, for our I, I friend, would... shout out to Joe. If it wasn't for our friend Joe getting his car towed that night, it would have been a pretty perfect night. It was. It was. Fantastic. Oh my god, there's so many. But yeah, I was dead traffic sitting and sitting there just still, and someone just boop, fucking hits me. Um, really annoying, but got my car fixed. Everything's fine. I actually, I'm gonna tell you off air, but um, I got the estimate back from my car, and it's pretty ridiculous. So we'll That's talk about that. Funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, really good stuff, man. And uh, there's great back and forth commentary video between you and me talking about uh, the main event of that match, which was Andrade and uh, Darby Allen. Maybe really fun stuff there. You know, maybe we'll have to get that, and I can upload that to the YouTube channel for the for the yeah, final that, that, for the for the main event match. Content. And not only did we do that, we stayed for AEW Dark, um, where or what? No, no, Rampage. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, we were there card, for Dark. There. You missed you missed dark because yeah, of the because accident. I, I was I was in an accident, but right. uh, yeah, the the rampage. We also saw uh, the main event there, which was old powerhouse Hobbs and our boy Keith Lee, and that was fantastic too. So AEW really really fun, uh, and that was a fun time even with my wreck and even with Joe getting his poor car towed. Back to WrestleMania though, however, that's ladies it. and gentlemen, um, that's that's, a, that, that's what they call a segue. Right That's there. <laughs> uh, Cut our next guys. We're going to talk about Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Champion. Of course, Becky Lynch going in here as the champion. Uh, let's back up to when Becky Lynch first returned. SummerSlam of what? Last year, yeah? SummerSlam uh, of 2021. That's correct. Yeah. So she returns. Big pop. Um, well, hold on. Let's back up even further. So Belair was supposed to take on Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks was not able to wrestle. So here comes Carmella who doesn't even get the bell ring. And then we hear Becky Lynch come out and Becky Lynch actually, I mean, what, what's sort of outspoken there. She just squashes Bianca in about two seconds with a lame rock bottom. That looks like something Booker T would do. And um, ever since then, it was very much like, Holy shit. They screwed Bianca. They, you know, they fucked Bianca bullshit. And now we finally get long-term storytelling, which is fun. Now we get Bianca Belair right here with the Raw Women's Champion. To me, this is the match of the night. Uh, and Bianca Belair never disappoints. She's probably one of the best women's wrestlers, one of the best women's wrestler 
uh, I've seen in, in, in a very, very long time. And this match was great. You had Bianca Belair actually defeating Becky Lynch in about 20 minutes for the Raw Women's Champion. It was so back and forth. It was some false finishes, but not too bad. I would, gi- I would, li- I would give this match about four and a half stars. I really enjoyed it, and I'm sure you did too. That's exactly what I gave it. I gave it four and a half stars. It was my highest rated match on night one. Uh, really cool intro for Becky Lynch. Uh, the SmackDown leading up to WrestleMania, we saw Becky Lynch go to cut Bianca's uh, ponytail. Uh, Bianca turned the tails and actually cut Becky's hair. So we get a nice little new look for Becky here. Uh, and she gets a new promo. Um, Texas Southern Marching Band entrance for Bianca Belair. Uh, pretty, again, uh, kind of unique, um, unorthodox way to enter the enter a match. Um, Becky's gear is on point in this match. You know, I like to talk about gear. Woo wee. She, uh, she, she filled that out or, uh, didn't fill that, that out. It, it didn't fit her that well. Either way, she rocked the gear and she was in. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that the she, gear. She looked really good. She didn't look that great. She no, looked... I'm saying that she, the gear fit her well, even though it didn't fit her well because her ass cheeks was sticking out. And I was trying to be politically Heard. correct with okay. it. Okay. Okay. You know, I, mean, I was. Can say, we can say ass cheeks. I'm just trying not to be that guy, you know, like she. You know what I was trying to get at. Nevertheless, her, moving well, along. What, just, just next time, just say her gluteus maximus is sticking her, out, or something. her glutes were sticking out of the gear, and it it was um, it was favorable for men watching the show. I guess um, there was there was only one reason I didn't get this match five stars, and because early on there was a botch um, that could have been really bad, uh, really early in the match, um, but a great match and a phenomenal finish. Bianca hits her KOD. Um, God, and it was what a pop for it, too, because like you said, we get the long-term storyline, we get the payoff. Um, Becky Lynch also went for a, a rolling senton off the top rope that instead of connecting in like a sit-down fashion like it was supposed to, foot to face on Bianca Belair. It nailed Bianca right in the face, man. And then the next day she took a picture of that big fucking goose egg right underneath her eye. Yeah, Holy you shit. could you could tell um, at, as she celebrated her championship win, her eyes start to swell up. And uh, she even showed up on Raw two days later and took off her sunglasses as well, her eye swelling was still, was still pretty bad. But um, if there was one match you watched on night one, this is the match to watch. Bianca and, and Becky tore the house down uh, but then, you know, there's not much room to breathe here. Normally, they give us some breathing room. Next up, we get Seth Rollins and a mystery opponent. A lot of speculation. I think we sort of, uh, we maybe even predicted who this could have been. I joked around and made watch it be John Cena to PJ Stevens' absolute liking. Um, I was on the rundown with Desmond Johnson, uh, where I predicted who it would actually be, and it wound up being him uh, as, as who... It was basically all the all the dirt sheets, if you will, uh, sort of predicted this happening. Cody Rhodes making his triumphant return to WWE. He helped. Uh, well, let's let's start off here. When he left WWE, he was in a role as Stardust, which was basically like a sidekick type character for his brother, who was Goldust. Um, he would leave the company because he didn't like the way Creative was using him. Went and made a bigger name for himself in New Japan Pro Wrestling as part of the Bullet Club. Uh, would help be one of the founding members of AEW. Uh, he was, if I'm not mistaken, the first ever TNT champion. Am I getting that wrong, PJ? Um, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out one way or the other. But 
he uh yeah he helped to to create aew as the fans turned on him in aew he his contract ran out and signed a contract with wwe and made his triumphant return here at uh wrestlemania um so we get seth rollins versus wrestlemania here or seth rollins versus cody rhodes here at wrestlemania night one if i can uh, be so eloquent to get that out uh pj i'm gonna let you start us off here how'd you feel about this match in general with cody rhodes return to wwe so t- let's 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 sit back for a second um the dirt sheets and the rumors ruin a lot of things for us however there was still speculation that like a lot of like i think 99 of people knew that this was going to be cody rhodes you know like we, we but it's one of those things WWE does a really good job at still having speculation of like, fuck, what if it's not, you know, what if we were going to hear the fucking doo, 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 or like, what if we were going to hear the, here comes the money or we were going to hear the, the dong of the undertaker, you the dog, well, we the used- gong of the undertaker. <laughs> we, the also, of the undertaker. we also had Wyndham, AKA Bray Wyatt teasing that he was in Dallas um yeah so i mean like as as much as somebody well i fucking knew it was gonna be cody did you i mean you you never really know uh let's put something in perspective here you're absolutely right ryan Uh, i just want to detail it just a little bit cody left wwe he went on the indie scene he wrestled in pwg he wrestled in new japan pro wrestling becoming a united or uh, iwgp united states heavyweight champion he was in the nwa and captured the nwa world heavyweight champion he helped jumpstart AEW, uh, won several titles there. I think he was three-time TNT champion. Cody went on to get Cody over and shat on this other company, that being WWE. Uh, at a per- total professional and somewhat personal level, uh, just completely shat on this company. And then this company asked him to come back. It's crazy. I mean, listen. It's a, no, but like, it's a, but it's great because that just proves that just proves that like and it, you know Bruce Prichard has talked about this before back in the day where it's like uh, if you kind of get yourself over and you kind of get buzz about yourself, that's how you get to come back. Bret Hart, Ultimate, Ultimate Dragon. God, no, not him. Ultimate Who did Warrior. come back? Ultimate Ultimate Warrior. Sometimes if you have that anti-establishment, that anti-WWE, and you just shit on Bruno Sammartino shitting on this company that's what gets you the buzz that's what gets you to come back and cody did a great job doing that he got himself over cody wins no matter what well i think i think the the bottom line is that when when cody first left wwe i think we all had the understanding that first of all we were shocked because he was he was involved heavily in storylines at the time but it was sort of silly storylines a la what they were trying to do to ftr putting him in jester costumes yeah um but cody when, when we saw him released, I think the majority of fans knew, okay, we saw someone like Drew McIntyre go on the indie scene, Bobby Lashley go on the indie scene, uh, go to Impact Wrestling, go to another company, make a name for themselves, and then have a chance to, to make it big again. So even, even being six years ago when he left, I think we all, I say we all, smart wrestling fans. I'm not talking marks. I'm not talking smarts. I'm talking intelligent wrestling fans the one that the ones that don't get stereotyped when when you talk about watching wrestling i think all of us sort of had an idea that cody is leaving because he knows that this is where he will be stuck at if he continues to stay here and to your point cody got himself over 
Um, and so he was getting booed out of AEW and got a hero's welcome here at WrestleMania. Um, again, a pop as he as his music hits. He gets to keep his gimmick, the American Nightmare. He gets to keep his music from AEW. It's all the same. So we're basically getting a new Cody Rhodes here in WWE. Um, you know, the one thing that will always bug me about Cody Rhodes is his neck tattoo. If you've ever played, <laughs> if you've ever played a wrestling video game, you can choose like a graphic if you want to like put a tattoo on your character. His tattoo looks like somebody who is trying to position a tattoo on a creator wrestler and accidentally like hit enter when it got to that one part on his neck. It's like, ah, fuck it. I'll leave it. It'll be fine. <laughs> it just didn't go back and fix it. That's what his yeah. neck tattoo reminds me of. You know what I'm saying? You know, I totally agree. I think it looks stupid. That being said, it it's already a three. It's all it's already a T-shirt, and it's selling like hotcakes on WWE Shop. Well, he get a he he did a, a nice little after he had some tie up stuff with Seth Rollins. He did a little um, a Stardust taunt uh, where he kind of did the the cartwheel and moved the yeah. hands in front of his face. And moved I, out I the love way. it. Corey, love it. Uh, Corey Graves called it shedding skin from a previous time. Uh, which is a really fun way to put it, considering yeah, it is a good time that um that you know he left for that purpose. And we remember when he was in the Indies and they kept chanting Stardust at him. He did it and then would flip off the crowd at it. Um, but uh, there were some sloppy spots here. But overall, this match was fantastic and a great homage to Dusty Rhodes in the finish. Cody Rhodes would hit his crossroads. Um, Seth would kick out. Uh, you'd see Cody Rhodes hit the crossroads, and then he looked like he was going to go for it again. Would pick up and would do the patented dusty, uh, the dusty jabs uh, to the bionic elbow, and then he would do a rolling crossroads where he'd hit like three crossroads in a row without letting go, and he would get the win here in his return to WWE. We're recording this on April 11th. A Monday Night Raw is actually going on while we're recording this. He is slated to wrestle The Miz on Monday Night Raw tonight, which is a funny storyline because if you remember in AEW, they called him a knockoff Miz on TV. So I thought it was a pretty interesting choice to immediately, as soon as he, he wrestles and, and beats Seth Rollins on WrestleMania, uh, come and cuts a heartfelt promo that he wants to win be WWE champion. And then the next week, he's already taken on The Miz. But a really good match here uh, from Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. I gave it four stars. Uh, PJ... Just kind of kind of star rate it. Kind of give me your, your general feelings about how this match was. I really did enjoy it. I gave it four stars. Um, yeah, I want to touch on something which you said too about, you know, Cody getting booed out of the building, uh, getting booed out of AEW rather. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where like he got booed out and – a lot of it was from these smart marks who was like, well, you know, Cody, Cody books himself to do this. Cody books himself to do that. He books himself to have the pyro and all that. And it's like, you know, he doesn't book, right? Yeah, well, he's not a booker. He, you know, yeah, well, there was a lot of people that would think that like yeah. him and Young Bucks and Kenny Omega were like the bookers. And it's like that two completely different things. They were talent. They helped jumpstart, no argument, but it's their, their talent. So, you know, I think that it worked for him, honestly. And, you know, people are saying, like, well, you booed him in AEW. Why are you cheering him here? You know, one, wrestling fans, much like music fans, Star Wars fans, you know, pop culture fans are the most fickle fans that there are. What? Oh, I was, hoping you, that I was hoping you were going to say fickle. I hope I was hoping you were going to yeah, emphasize 
fickle because that's one of it my is favorite words that you say. Fickle is fun. You know what? You know where I first got fickle from one of the Star Wars or from one of the wrestling games and. Uh, it's a line that Jerry the King Lawler says in the commentary. He's like, who cares about the fans? They're fickle, JR. Like, oh, I was like, so ah, yeah, they are. But yeah, I, 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 not much more to say about this. You know, I know we want to move on here. Um, but well, before, yeah, before the next match, we get a Hall of Fame recap where they, they bring out all the Hall of Famers, the Steiner brothers. Uh, you get the Undertaker, obviously. The shirt uh, that PJ is wearing, you can't see it because I didn't put the show on YouTube. Big Van Vader finally gets his deserving spot in the hall of fame uh so yeah we had a, the nice little hall of fame recap followed by the actual update on rick boog's injury and we get the attendance numbers uh live uh at the show before uh and this is leads up to the the last so supposedly the last match at wrestlemania night one the smackdown women's championship is on the line so you get both of the women's championship matches sandwiching the cody Rhodes return uh you get the champion charlotte flair taking on ronda rousey once again, on the rundown, I predicted Charlotte Flair to retain the championship. Spoiler alert, it happened. Charlotte Flair retains over Ronda Rousey. Um, PJ, I'll let you start us off here. Um, I, I gave this match three and a half stars. I don't have to go through my notes. What'd you feel about this SmackDown Women's Championship match? It was okay. Uh, nothing new from Ronda. Uh, so that means she hasn't really improved, in my opinion. I gave it three stars. Um, not a bad match. We have a, some Gaga there. Uh, I'm mad that Charlotte Flair won with just a big boot. Uh, I thought that was really lame. Uh, so lame finish, too much Gaga, uh, but I get what we're doing. We still have to make Ronda look strong for some reason. Um, yeah, I'm glad Charlotte retained here, and, and, and you know, I never want to see another title on Ronda. Yeah, um, in my notes, I wrote down that uh, it wasn't as smooth as someone who's been doing it for as long as most, but Ronda isn't the worst female ever to be in a WWE match. I mean, we saw some sloppy stuff. Um, Charlotte got off more offense on anyone else than Ronda, against Ronda than anybody else has. So Ronda was taking bumps here. Like, we talk about Ronda needing to pay her dues. This match partially showed her paying her dues because she took a lot of bumps, a nasty bump where she reversed or where Charlotte reversed an ankle lock and threw Ronda out of the ring. Um, but yeah, I, I think this, this match showed her vulnerability in a WWE match that helps add credibility as a pro wrestler for Ronda Rousey. Um, not sure if you caught it PJ, because I didn't catch it until I watched it later on. There was about six wardrobe malfunctions in this match, all to yes, Charlotte Flair. Yes, Charlotte, Charlotte Flair's nipple was hanging out half halfway through the, the end of the match. Matter of fact, uh, I noticed uh, the only reason I noticed it was because during the broadcast, um, at least the rewatch, the screen went black while everything was going on in the background. I'm like, what just happened? And then I Googled it and you can find the pictures. There were two or three times where, where um, she sort of fell out of her top. And uh, I think the, the Peacock or the WWE Network, whatever you want to call it, only blacked out for the most severe instance of it. Um, you know, again, I, I sort of saw what was coming as far as there was going to be some gaga at the end, but I'm right there with you. Um, the big boot was sort of a, a weak finish. But all in all, the fact that, like, she tapped Charlotte out after there was a, a ref bump where Charles Robinson took a spear from Charlotte that was a, a sort of a reversal, like, defense mechanism from Charlotte – 
um, you wouldn't get the tap out. And then Ronda would, uh, would obviously try to revive the referee and fall into a big boot and take the loss. So she looked, um, she looked strong uh, in the loss. Her shoulders stay down for the three count. So that's an improvement from her, uh, her first loss. Um, but yeah, I gave this match three and a half stars. It wasn't the worst women's match I've ever seen. Uh, and I say that partially because I've been watching old WrestleManias and saw uh, a match. I don't even know what they call it. They called it a cat fight with uh, the cat. And I believe it was Terry Runnels. Um, I can't remember who it was against the cat, but it was an old WrestleMania years and years ago. Um, and I'm sure it was around the attitude era. It absolutely was, uh, but nevertheless, you know, it's that kind of it's that kind of shit I want to like shove in these marks' faces that they're like, they should bring back the Attitude Era. But yeah, you're right. Triple H, fucking Katie Vick, uh, hand birthing, and then uh, you know this women's match. Look how far women's wrestling is coming from. Absolutely. You say shit like that, you stupid fuck. Anyway, well, you talk you talk to Attitude Era. We're gonna take a short break because the main event we're gonna talk about probably the the biggest star from the attitude era uh one of the one of the superstars to help kick off the attitude era in wwe making his triumphant return to his home state and what would turn into the main event of wrestlemania night one uh and the main event of tap outs and touchdowns on this episode so stay tuned we'll be right back to talk all things kevin owens and stone cold steve austin right here on tap outs and touchdowns The Sarcasm Remains podcast with Fousey B. Charleston's favorite podcast should be yours too. Go to www.thesarcasmremains.com for more info. everybody welcome back to the main event of this week's episode of tap outs and touchdowns the main event of wrestlemania night one from 2022 it would be a kevin owens show where kevin owens has called out stone cold steve austin to his talk show here at wrestlemania uh, to get a wrestlemania moment um it would turn into a no hold barred match stone cold steve austin's first uh sanctioned match if you want to call it that in 19 years after his quote-unquote retirement match, uh, now quote-unquote retirement match with The Rock uh, back at, I'm not sure what WrestleMania it was, uh, but nevertheless, um, the pop for Stone Cold Steve Austin here at night one was absolutely like nothing I've ever heard of, like nothing I've ever heard in wrestling. The pop that Stone Cold Steve Austin got was absolutely insane. Um, oh, it, it, it was deafening. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about, I, I talked to somebody about the fact that we could have been there for this. Um, yeah, that being said, I also saved a lot of money by not going to the show. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if I'm trying to think of the, if ifs and buts for candy and nuts with all something or other, whatever that saying goes, um, you know, not going to dwell on what could have been, but this is what was. Because this segment was, to me, it was fantastic. I think PJ and I are going to disagree. PJ, I didn't write many notes 
because I just sat back and enjoyed everything that this was. I believe you have an opposite opinion. So tell us, how would you feel about this Kevin Owens, Stone Cold Steve Austin match here to close out night one of WrestleMania 2022? I loved it. <clears throat> loved it, loved it, loved it. Until the bell rang. I think it's silly. <clears throat> I don't think it made any sense. I think it made Kevin Owens look really weak. Because, hear, hear me out. Literally in his promo, when he's calling out Austin to uh, to say, you know, I tricked you, Austin. I'm here for a match. He's like, I know you got a bad back. I know you got a, a neck problems. I know you got bad knees. But I'm challenging you to a fight. It makes him seem so fucking weak because it's like, I know you're an old man. I know you got all these injuries, but I want to fight you right now. That's really stupid. You know what you're doing. You know what you're and doing. I'm trying, to add, I'm trying to add logic to the logical situation. I'm, I'm with that. But, I mean, it's, seriously, it's like you going up to a grandpa on the street and go like, hey, man, that cane, you're, you know, you're limping there. You don't feel that good, but I want a moment right here in the no. streets. I'm going to fight you. It makes no sense. It made no sense, and the match went 13 minutes and 55 seconds. It went 13 minutes and 50 seconds way too short, or way too long, rather. Um couple of bobbits by Stone Cold. That was, you know, not too bad. I'm not saying Stone Cold looked bad either. I'm not, no argument. He actually looked pretty good. Still didn't need to happen. You well, took, you took what was one of the greatest retirement matches of all time. Of all time. And now to me, it just means nothing. Because you've, you've had to do this for 13 minutes. See, so I'm going to disagree with it. Because if you want to talk about stuff that makes no sense, Stay tuned for next the next episode of Tap House and Touchdowns. We get into night two. There is some stuff that happens on night two that makes less sense than what PJ says that this makes. Okay, let's let's. The whole night two made no sense. Night one is is way better so, than night two. We'll get into night two, yeah. but we're talking about Stone Cold right now I, and how unnecessary this was. Listen, we talked about the lack of a buildup into WrestleMania. We talked about yeah. matches sort of getting thrown together. They were still getting thrown together as of like two weeks leading to the show. But you're going back to the state of Texas, the most stupendous WrestleMania in history. You're going to the state of Texas where you put Texas native The Undertaker into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and you're going to have to have one of the biggest Texan moments and bring it in Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, granted, I don't think there was a need for an actual match. But I think knowing that Stone Cold has gone on record to say that, like, if the if the if it was right and he was in the right shape, he would have one more match. And this was back when Phil Brooks was still in WWE. And he said, "I don't know if it's him. Maybe it's him, because he famously wore the Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt with the with the pipe bomb." If anybody listening didn't know who Phil Brooks was before this point, um, don't don't tell them who it is. By the way, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say if they they don't know they don't know. Yeah, but nevertheless. Uh, the I think the timing was right. I mean, the nostalgia aspect of it made my high school-aged inner, inner child pop with utmost excitement and, and eagerness to watch this. Um, you know, the you still got it chance going on. Like, you know, you, you know we can't do this, uh, you know, for 320 days a year. Yeah, see, I, 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 I disagree. I totally disregard the you still got a chance of ever course. since 
And what I know, ever since Lita almost broke her neck from a moonsault, and the crowd's like, "You still got it?" Like, what? Got yeah. neck problems? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think this match needed to happen. You could have still accomplished everything. You could have accomplished everything without a real match. Uh, you know, Kevin <laughs> Kevin Owens is Kevin Owens is selling this chair shot to the ropes to the head after Austin ducks. And that was such goes, a good spot. No, that's oh a fun spot. It's not the first time. Kurt Angle hit took that spot years ago. I, I know. I'm not. I'm not disregarding the spot. I'm disregarding how slow it was and just how unbelievable it was. I hated this. And they, no, no, no. They fought. They fought all throughout the crowd. Stone Cold Steve Austin took vertical suplexes on the floor. I thought I, I, yeah, I, I did disagree that he didn't. I thought I thought that it was a fun. I thought that the four wheeler spot was fun where. Kevin Owens tried to run away on the four-wheeler, couldn't get it started, and Stokeland comes and hits him and drives him up the ramp and drops him up on the ramp, too. Like, it wouldn't have made sense if he beats the shit out of him all over the arena, and there's no finish other than, like, a stunner, the music hits, and that's it. Like, he didn't have, he didn't have to beat his ass all over the arena. He could have he could have he could have done the same spot that he's done for years and still got the same pop. Kevin Owens, you called me out. They talk promos back to each other. They share a beer. He gives him a stunner. No. Instead, no. instead, what you have is a man that you have just presented to us uh, a fucked up back, a hurt neck and knees, and he just defeated Kevin Owens. That's, That's what just no. happened. That's Kevin Owens trying to trying to like preach to to him in the crowd like you don't have it anymore. And so I'm so I'm gonna I want to match because I want to beat your ass and show but, everybody no, that I'm the leader of the stunner. Like that was the story. Boom, boom, boom right there. I I want to I want to beat your ass and you're an old man and I'm gonna beat you up in this ring. It makes him look so silly. I don't it, think so. It, it, it it's so it makes weird it, it made him look it made him look like an asshole. Like he was challenging an old Stone Cold Steve Austin to a fight and Stone sure. and Stone Cold came up. You know they beat each other up. He hits the stunner one two three. And, uh, you know, like you, you always talk about the fact that, you know, why can't guys just have a bad night and lose a match? Kevin Owens showed up overconfident, underprepared to take on a Stone Cold Steve Austin that he assumed had bad knees, had a bad neck, had a bad back. And Stone Cold caught him on a, on a bad day and Stone Cold got the win. Like what you always strive to talk about that. Why can't somebody just have a bad day? So Kevin Owens had a bad day and he got he got stunned and pinned by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Kevin Owens had a bad day, and Booking had a bad decision and a bad day. That's what happened. No, uh, I, I, touche, touche on Kevin Owens not, ha- not having a good day. But do you- Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I finally got one on <laughs> you. Yeah. Touche on that. However, is there that works in both ways to where anyone could actually win. Was there any doubt in your mind that Kevin Owens was not going to lose or yes. was, was going to lose? There was doubt that you think Kevin Owens was going to lose. There was going to be Stone Cold in Arlington, fucking Texas. Vince McMahon and WWE is notorious for putting the wrong people over in their hometowns. Now, granted, sure. he no, so, no, 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 Kevin Owens could have gotten a three count and still gotten his ass beat post the three count. Because the crowd would have lost it, and then Stone Cold would have beaten the shit out of him for another 10 minutes. That could have happened. I mean, we talk about the wrong people going over. Let's look at, at the winners of this of this match, of this night. Obviously, the Usos are going to take the win. McIntyre gets the win. He kind of expected. it. Logan Paul had no business going over on the Mysterios because uh, that does nothing to further further along the Mysterios uh, you know, storyline. Uh, you got um, one. 
Uh, you've got – well, you could argue that it wouldn't make sense for them to bring Ronda Rousey to win the Royal Rumble then turn around and lose two months later. You well, could so – one, one could argue that. So point. you could argue that with Asuka and Flair. You could argue that with Nakamura and AJ Styles. The point is and – here, and here's the difference too, Ryan. The difference between Kevin Owens had a bad day – if Kevin Owens would have defeated Stone Cold, it's like obviously because he's he's a broken old man. You already said that. And Kevin Owens just defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's not going to go. He's a heel. Right. He's not going to go over clean. He's going to he's going to have to, to resort to something shady to win because. Well, no, 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 no. It's it's not about being clean. It's a no holds barred match. Take that completely out of the equation. My my point is my point is. If Kevin Owens had defeated Stone Cold, it wouldn't have been Stone Cold having a bad day. It would have been Stone Cold losing because he has those injuries and he's a retired man. If Stone Cold defeats Kevin Owens, if the argument is Kevin Owens had a bad day, I could see that. But it's yeah. still just it just it just I hated. I was into it at first, and then when I heard Kevin Owens go, you know, you got this, you got that, you got that, but I'm gonna I want to challenge you to a fight right here. It was just so weird. And um, now everything else, and we'll get to night two as well. But everything else Stone Cold did the entire WrestleMania night one and two. Super fun, and I loved it. But I think, I mean, watch this match again in like four months, man. I a lot of people were watching this with rose-colored glasses because it's nostalgic and it is Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it's super fun. I'm not arguing that. I'm just arguing the fact that it just didn't need to happen. It didn't need to go 13 minutes. Good God! No. So let me ask you a question then, because we're we're getting ready to wrap up this week's show. But this was a match. This was a sanctioned match. There was yeah. a referee involved. You got a one, you got a three count. Stone Cold gets the pin on Kevin Owens. We rated the Beck, we both rated the Becky Lynch Bianca Belair match 4.5 stars. And we both agreed that that was the best match on the card. What would you give this match between Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin? Two stars. Boo that. Boo. <laughs> Two that. stars. I gave That's it. What it's worth. I gave it four. I don't care what you give it. I don't four give it. Star? Okay. I don't give it. Are no, hold kidding? on. I don't care what I don't care what Dave Meltzer gave it. This match for what it was supposed to be, and the crowd excitement from this match. I gave this match four stars. It was. You it gave was beautiful. this match four stars from bell to bell. I'm not yeah. talking about segment to ending bell or segment to 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 uh, Stone Cold celebrating at the end with his brother and all that. You gave the match bell to bell four stars. Absolutely. You are drunk. <laughs> I, uh, I can't believe. Like, and, uh, yeah. And I'm probably getting shit on for this because maybe I'm taking it way too seriously, which I probably am. I'm liking right now. I really right hope. Now. I really but hope we get some more viewers for this week's show because I want to hear. I them. They, I, I want them to shit on me all day because you like it. Just it well, this, literally this, to me is so silly. This is the biggest disagreement I think we've had. I think I know we disagree. Don't see eye to eye on Darby Allen. You know um, who could have beaten Stone Cold Steve Austin and got away with it? Darby Allen. Darby yeah. Allen. No, no, but seriously, no, Stone Cold and that and in that situation, to me, it just it just didn't belong. It was silly. I would have rather had the talk. I would have rather, but you know me, dude. I've I've never been a fan of a lot of these, I'll say retired guides coming back, even though they're my, some of my favorites. You know, I hate almost every Undertaker match from the past, like, what, four years? Yeah. Um, you know, every every time these guys try to come back, I just kind of shit all over it because I don't want them to taint their – you know, listen, this is what really bugs me, and I know we're running a low on time here, but this is one of the things that really just hit, hits me here. These kids 
that have now they're you know they've they're growing up and they've seen guys at the Undertaker for the first time and it's like wow who who is that guy that he's he's not very good and then the adult the dad has to say like that guy used to be the guy yep and so, not that I'm saying I'm again I again I'm not saying Stone Cold looked bad here but he sure didn't look good we're gonna talk more about Stone Cold Steve Austin night two because uh when the Attitude Era came up and there was that probably the, one of the greatest robberies in all of wrestling history between Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, everybody flocked to one or the other. And Stone Cold was always my guy because I, I don't know, like I don't want to get too much into my personal stuff, but I got picked on and all I ever wanted to do was just run around and flip people the bird and Stone Cold stunned everybody that gave me a hard time. And so yeah. to see Stone Cold come at the main event of WrestleMania night one in Dallas, Texas uh, was was such uh, uh, a, a moment for nostalgia for me to really enjoy this year's WrestleMania. PJ, we're up against it uh, real quick. Uh, one to five. What did you rate night one of WrestleMania? Oh, it's a four. It was yeah. a really, really good event. A solid uh, if four. You, if you want Stone Cold to never wrestle again, give me a hell yeah. I'm not going to do that. The fans may, the fans listening to that may, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, PJ, thanks for joining us. WrestleMania night one is in the books here for tap outs and touchdowns as well. More than likely, we're going to release night two later this week. So stay tuned for that because night two has a lot more gaga, as my co-host would like to say. For PJ Steven and tap outs and touchdowns, come back for night two of the WrestleMania review here on tap outs and touchdowns. It's your guy, Bully Rye, and I'll be around. <laughs>